This evening's Dharma talk is titled, Dissolving the Receiver. Metaphors are used to teach, and they sometimes hit the mark, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're not separate from the mark. So what's being suggested or pointed at through this kind of an image, something is receiving, and what is being received uh, tends to dissolve that which is receiving. It's just a way of talking about uh, and encouraging an attitude on the part of those who are endeavoring to practice the Mahayana path, the way of the Buddha. It's a way of talking about the Bodhisattva vow, be with all things, save all beings, put everyone before yourself. Not easy to do that, conceptually or in actuality. So the first kind of feeling or glimpse that that is happening is you'll feel like crap. You'll feel like you'll have little comments like, well, I have to, I can't be doing this for them. I have to, about me, what's in this for me kind of thing that may happen. Or you might just not be able to do that uh, initially. It's going to happen different with each person, but what I'm basically pointing at, and I'm happy to respond to questions you have about this, is is the more you receive, receive. As Dogen said in the 13th century, when you go out towards the world, and I'm paraphrasing, you go out towards dharmas. This is called delusion, confusion, Samsara, the wheel of life and death, life and death. You're going out and you're mixing with this. But when you receive, you let the 10,000 things, the dharmas, just come to you. Open all your doors, take all the windows off. No more walls of the mind. Takes a while. And just receive. By doing that, it isn't exactly like the receiver or the the self-centeredness or the narcissism. The ego uh, is dissolved. It's like... What happens is you you eventually see there wasn't anyone. There was no receiver. That we were, it's a, uh, sometimes called, could be called a participation mystique. It's participation, but there's no participator. There isn't anyone. And there's no credential. You could say even that there's less and less credential. Quite often this feels like, this sucks, I don't want to do this. Or, why am I doing this for? This doesn't feel good. Why would I sit in front of a wall hour after hour, day after day, month after month, year after year, and not get somewhere? Well, don't do it. Do something else. But if you decide to do this, as Trungpa Rinpoche, my uh, teacher once said, uh, better not to begin. But if you begin, better to finish. Why is that? Well, it's kind of obvious. Wouldn't you say, uh, could you, the modern way of saying this is keep your commitments. You commit to something. Don't come along with another story. Well, I didn't really, I didn't really mean it that way. I meant it this other way. I'm not getting what I thought I was going to get. You're never, you're never going to know. You never can really know anything. Have you kind of noticed that? And you can't really. Even even those who get paid for predicting the future, who are those? Let's see, politicians get paid for that. Even if they don't predict it, they get paid. So doctors. Yeah, you're going to need this and this, and we're going to remove that. <clears throat> Don't misunderstand. I'm not against any. I'm not against politicians or doctors or removing things. But it's good to be aware of what is actually functioning. 
it's good to be aware that you're when you're slowly uh, in a sneaky kind of way buying into the materialism of any situation you're in wanting to get ahead wanting to be successful wanting to attain enlightenment for that matter all enlightenment all realization has to go to others everyone else has to be enlightened first you take a back seat and you might say well Sokazan, if you're in fact calling me that. How is it that you're sitting up here on a tan with your head shaved and a purple robe wearing jewelry, yeah, I'm wearing jewelry, Buddha jewelry? How is it how's that taking a back seat? Well ask me. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what this is. I have no idea what that is. Fundamentally, I have no idea what something is. Ideas are extra. They're labels on top of phenomena, events, ontological structures that help the ego mind feel like it's in control. You're not in control. Even if there was somebody, you couldn't be in control. And if you were in control for 18 minutes, 18 years, it won't last. Nothing lasts. Death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. It is a realistic statement. It is not nihilism. It's just the truth. You get that? <laughs> what did I say? Truth. Truth, yeah. So receiving uh, starts, the training for that starts, as you've heard me say many times, I'll say it again. Uh, I've only got one thing to say, not separate. The way in which I go about that is going to sound pretty elaborate and pretty separated. Got to start somewhere. Let's start with the division, the obstruction, the confusion, the belief, disbelief, obstruction that are happening. Sit down, hold still. Make friends with this, because if you can't make friends with this, if you have any warfare at all, even a little tiny skirmish under your third rib that's going on, it will get triggered by something out here, and suddenly you will, I'm not predicting future events, no, I'm not condemning you to anything, but there's a chance that if you haven't looked at this, something's going to trigger it, and it's going to ex explode into a big deal that you're going to blame somebody else, something else, or some event. So by sitting down, holding still, Training the mind, uh, meditation, awareness practice. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, watch what grasps, watch what rejects passion, aggression, and watch what distracts or turns away or ignores or leaves the room. <clears throat> it's just the awareness of that that is uh, what is being recommended, not the changing. There's nothing to fix. If you think there's something to fix, then you'll have a great deal of difficulty on this path, trying to fix something, trying to find something wrong. In the Zogchen teachings, it's called the Great Perfection. And it can't be taught. You have to do it yourself. It is a transcendental do-it-yourself project, as you've heard me say before. You have to do it yourself. Sure, you're going to get the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the example of someone who is saying the, the truth of uh, a dependent origination, and the Sangha of people who resonate with, with this on some level and different levels and want to know more about this and want to practice this path. And this is uh, called uh, community. Questions are good if you have them. Yes. Uh, earlier you said uh, a quote from Jogyam, and the end of it was better to finish. Yes. What is finishing? Uh, that's kind of a kind of lied there. You can't really finish. It's, it's endless. You go on forever. It's like the, the awakening is like you jump off a building. You, you're going to give everything to it. 
the interesting thing about it is because it's, you've transcended this situation you never hit. So it feels like you're falling, but you don't, you don't hit anything. Better not to, to start. And what he's saying that is if you're not ready to do this, to do this then don't do it. Like some people come to me and ask for a rock suit. I would say, I might say, go, go do something else. I need to do this. It really puzzled me and back in the early 70s when I heard rumors that Trungpa Rinpoche actually told people not to meditate. I thought, what the hell does that mean? <coughs> Shouldn't everybody meditate? Nope. That's with a capital P. You might not be ready for this. It's not good to do something you're not ready for. And if you're, But if you're ready for it, then I'm completely ready to support you and other people in the community are also ready to support you in finding out who you are yourself. Find out who you are. There's no club to join here. There are no dues. There's no membership. <clears throat> Unless somebody started one that I don't know about. <laughs> Somebody's collecting dues somewhere. <laughs> <coughs> not that you couldn't have that. I'm not, I'm not objecting to that. It's just that I've seen enough of that in the last 45 years. Question? Same question? Twinsies. What was your question? Finishing path. Huh? Better not to start if you're going to start finish. So what does yeah. finishing mean? Yeah. Finishing is, a, there's really no finishing. It's just a relative way of metaphor for a way to relate to somebody who's maybe considering this and looking at it. Better to finish it. In other words, uh, don't don't quit. Don't stop. Don't, if you're, the, the metaphor is starting up a mountain. Don't stop. Trung Purimpache's metaphor is for the Vajrayana is going up the side of a mountain with no handrails. And Coben's metaphor for enlightenment is starting at the top of the mountain and going up. He was rather impractical. It's like talking to a feather until he turned into a blowtorch, yes? Does dissolving the receiver thing? No. No, that's when it begins. That's the that's the, the Mahayana. Save all beings. There's no no longer any solid self. There's just others. I mean, sure, there's a personality still functioning, but uh, uh, personality can fool you. Trunk uh, Rinpoche fooled a lot of people with a really intense, even um, uh, powerful uh, persona, charisma. But there wasn't anyone there. I know I met him. Nobody there. Yes? What? Um... What happens when dissolving the receiver continues? Then it just keeps on dissolving. On and on and on. Tiring. It's a metaphor that's it's showing you something, and at some point the metaphor just burns itself up because then you have a you have a deep understanding of what this is, and the metaphor can't find it. Metaphor is a very relative thing. That's why we use them because we can't 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 speak in absolute terms. All those Zen masters of the past and some. Uh, Zogchen masters have tried to think of ways that you can point at something without pointing. More? Less? What does it mean to save all beings? So it's a way of talking about it. The way I generally talk about it is be with all things. If you, if you, whatever happens, if you're just with it, you don't separate yourself from it. Uh, you don't push it away. You don't distract yourself from it. Then you're, you're with that. So you're, you're, you're not separating yourself from it. Don't abandon any weight. Don't abandon anything. It may be a being, it may be an organization, it may be a situation, maybe a popcorn stand. 
don't 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 do anything with anything, meddle with anything. Because your <coughs> fundamental nature is not separate. In order to understand that your fundamental nature is not separate, you have to begin somewhere to stop separating yourself based on causes and conditions, belief, disbelief, and distraction. More? Well, I was going to ask, um, what does it look like to separate yourself from someone else or something else? Just more confusion, more praise and blame. Well, at least I didn't do this. Well, I tried to help them, but they were, weren't open to it, so screw them. I'm not going to waste my energy on people that don't want my help. Yeah, but aren't you an MSW? I don't care. They don't need my help. Hell with them. You know, you've heard MSWs talk like that all the time. Except ours. How many do we have in here? Just one? Anymore? You follow me? So I'm using a, an extreme extreme example, but we have we have this little kind of movement in our when someone is not cooperating with our idea of help. And, and that shows up instead of just helping them. If you're looking for results, this is not helping. You're looking for cause and effect. You're trying to take advantage of relative truth and get something to happen that makes you look like a hero. How do we help someone that appears to not want our help? Well, don't meddle with them. Leave them alone. See it. Later. I mean, you don't have to do it sarcastically, but you could say, yeah, well, i got something else to do. You're not abandoning them. You're relating to them where they're at. They, they don't want your help. They don't need you. So you, you leave them alone. Let them do whatever they want. If they, 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 might, they could change their mind, but they're more likely to, if they really, on some little thin sliver level, really do need your help and want it, and there's a possibility of that, don't cover it up with your activity around that by judging them or condemning them or giving them anything at all. Give them nothing to hang on to. That's the only way they're going to see that sliver. If you give them any kind of, even if you say, well, if you need me, uh, give me a call or something. Now, I can do that because I'm a Dharma teacher. I can say that. This is a different kind of situation. If you're just one-on-one, two people talking to each other, like Sangha, stay out of it. Do you follow me? Or further question about that? Good one. What if we see the judgment and separation come up in our own mind? Just observe. Don't, no, no correcting. If you start to correct things, it's circular, because then you're buying into cause and effect. You think that you can, you, you think you can be somebody else, but you can only be this. It's a big hype. This whole idea of getting better, improving. It works relatively as long as you're buying into that you're a physical body with eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, and that's the end of it. We're all spiritual beings. From the point, if you realize your spiritual nature, time and space collapse. There isn't anything else but this. Human beings, uh, the separation of human beings collapses in its separation. At the same time, the separations are very, very vivid. And this is where respect comes in for others. Respect people's confusion. Don't take people's confusion as something you need to fix or correct. Respect it. And when that confusion turns in such a way, then you might actually have a... uh, uh, an invitation to come into that space and help or support that person. But if you don't get, if it isn't obvious, then uh, don't do anything. Yes? The, um, the, the great perfection uh, where everything is just perfect just the way that it is, is that kind of core correlate with what you just said? Yes. I was just wondering if you could elaborate on great perfection. It's perfect. It's perfect. And using a relative thing relative statement about it. It's perfect. If you have questions about it, please let me have them and I'll try to uh, uh, 
respond to it in a way that's that helps. Yes. That context was perfect. What? Not wrong. Could... Nothing to correct. See, if you, it's very simple. Uh, if you look at it, if there's something to correct, then you've you've reduced your whole consciousness down into working with uh, this and that, moving this around, shaping this, doing this, pointing. And that's not that we don't have approvisional teachings. Of course we do. You got to get in the zendo, or you got to get in the meditation hall. Or you have to come into your bedroom. You have to find a cushion. You have to sit on it. You have to sit down. You have to hold still, and you have to want to see the truth. If you don't want to see the truth, this probably is not. You know, if you want to see the truth, what is the truth? Who am I? What is this? If that isn't a strong part of your dynamic, then, then it may be difficult if you're looking for something else or some kind of reward, which is materialism. More? On that line, um, <clears throat> said better not to start, or better to finish if you're going to start, is a way to encourage us. But when you talk about people that you know have awakened, you mentioned two people. And so it seems like most people are not going to wake up. Yeah. So what's the, what, is there any, and don't, we're not Don't go by what I say. I don't, I only know a couple of people. Hmm. You mean the ones that are, that are awake? Everybody's awake. If, if you're awake, you don't see anything but the Buddha everywhere. They just don't know it. So I know, I know of a couple of people that, that I have met that know they're awake. And one of them, they're both teachers of mine. Calling us the 17th Karmapa, but I don't need to. I don't need to meet him. I'm not separate from him, nor are you. He's not separate from you. Someone who realizes this is uh, uh, radiates this. And depending on the karma, you might have a little birthday candle and you might have a searchlight. <clears throat> More? So even if um, of the 700 billion people on the earth... There's more than that, isn't there? Isn't it 750 billion? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So even if a, a percentage, like 2% woke up, that's a big number, but still relatively small. Yeah. And there's nothing to gain. So what's the benefit of practice if we, it is unlikely that we're going to awaken? There is no benefit. If you're looking for benefit, uh, you're talking to the wrong guy. There's no benefit. There's nothing in this for you. There is no you. Sure looks like it, though, doesn't it? I mean, who else is it that has a headache? Who else is it that has to pay bills? Who else is it that whose car won't start? Who else is it that has a difficult neighbor? Who else is it that uh, uh, is, gets a lot of praise from their mom and dad? Who else? Is there somebody who's getting that? Is there a receiver? Yes, that's a question. Is there? No. Yeah, find out. But if you use statistics, then we're right back to some kind of materialism. The, the nature of awakening until you see this, what this is for yourself, uh, will always show up as a relative uh, asleep and awake and asleep and awake. But the, it's said in the teachings, it's not something I came up with particularly, but it says that Buddhas and sentient beings are not separate. That the Buddha did not, as I've said many times, Buddha did not awaken to everything was glowing and happy and serene and smiling and rainbows and... Uh, pistachio ice cream. What he woke up to was suffering and delusion. As far as we know, the first words out of his mouth was, life is suffering everywhere, all the time. And yet people come along because they are looking at it from a relative situation. They call it nihilism, but they don't realize that he's not talking about eternalism, nihilism. He's talking about the truth. We have nerve endings and 
things they feel good and they hurt depending on what it is it's stroking or abrading the nerve ending mentally physically eyes nose tongue body mind all of that difficult more so why practice if there's yep. no benefit because you're a monk you've got to <laughs> well, before that there is no before playing with that a little bit but there but the, that whole idea is just it's, it comes out of fear and that fear is covered up in a very very sophisticated way and that's why it takes so much as far as I can see I'm not saying there are other ways to do it to do this it takes a lot of looking right at the covering look right at what is at the at, you can't look at what is being covered up. You, first, you have to look at the covering. You can't, you can't, you can't uncover it. Particularly, you have to look at the covering and see that that covering is uh, uh, is a lie. More. Well, maybe a different train that popped up from that. So, looking at the senses, if you there's ear and sound, and there's a hearing mm-hmm. sensation. You, and you, the hearing that goes on, you just seems naturally trust that sound there's not much comment on it but when it's whatever mind is perceiving thoughts how can we trust that like the rest of the senses don't trust anything don't believe don't disbelieve don't look away don't don't believe it or as soon as you believe something this is what it looks like you, you don't have to look at it anymore because now you believe it You've actually given it a covering of your belief or your acceptance, or you've actually separated it out, and it, it, and it is not separate. It is constantly in, in uh, changing and in flux. And as soon as you disbelieve it, you cover it up with your disbelief. And if, of course, if you distract yourself, that's obvious. You're no longer, longer even investigating that. <clears throat> so don't. So take no position on it. You don't need a reference point. You don't need opinions. Opinions are a very low level to use a. Uh, that kind of uh, way of talking, a very low level of understanding to have opinions. As soon as you have an opinion on something, all investigation stops. You've stopped looking at it because now you have the protection for your self-centeredness of your opinion. Yes? Does fixation do? Yes. William? How does holding the body still help the spiritual being? <clears throat> so, um, I have to comment on it in a different way. Holding very, we we can't you can't you can't hold the mind still. You probably noticed that. You can't shut the mind off. You probably noticed that. And that's assuming that it's turned on. You can't do you can't meddle with this uh, hardly at all. A little bit, like when we did the sutra uh, earlier. You're doing you're meddling with the mind a little bit in that you're coming in and you're saying uh, to the mind, show up in this form. Use this kind of a like visualization practice and. Uh, creation completion stages that are taught in the Vajrayana. So you're actually giving it some kind of a form, so you're working with it. You're, it's a way of holding it still when it's actually not uh, uh, a physically a uh, solid situation. But the way we're practicing here is you sit down, hold still like this. That way, through the contrast, you can watch what moves. Because if you're moving even slightly, that's why walking in the woods is not meditation, it's entertainment. Any kind of movement, even walking meditation. I don't, I don't teach it here. We do a little bit. I think we did some today. Did you do some this afternoon? Yeah, a little bit. So people say, if you're, it's a, so people don't say we're, we don't even teach Zen here because we don't do walking meditation. So I fixed them. We do some, but we do it once, one session. Yeah. 
Right. We do 10 minutes every month. <laughs> That's enough. We don't need any more. I'm not saying that you couldn't do that on your own, and that people are encouraged. If you're sitting uh, facing the wall, you know how to do zazen or uh, kinhin or walking meditation. You're certainly welcome to get up and, and do that clockwise and quietly if you, if you want to do that. But it's not necessarily uh, recommended. So holding very still for periods of time, done a lot of this, you'll notice that something happens with the consciousness. It depends on you know, somewhat on how much you've done it. If you've done it three years or if you've done it 30 years, it's going to make a difference. And it also makes a difference all the causes and conditions that arise. Causes and conditions that arise as your personal karma. The reason you have your born in the, the sex or this race or this uh, particular uh, um, Intelligence level or dyna- all that uh, different kinds of things that show up as a differentiation between personalities and so on. Sit down, hold still, and let everything just slow way down, slow way down, and watch what moves. And what moves will be the grasping mind, the rejecting mind, the shutting down aspect of the mind. And don't don't try to interfere with it. Don't try to slow it down, speed it up. Do nothing with it, but watch. Stay on the bridge. Watch the river flow. Stay on the bank of the river. What precisely is the difference between observing a thought and having a thought? Yeah, there's no difference. Except when you're seeing it and the other one when you're just having it. Sometimes that line seems to blur a little bit. You know what that's called? That's awareness. It's awareness. Usually it's missed because the self-centered mind is looking for what, which one is it? Where is the line? What? Looking for demarcations and reference points, whereas awareness doesn't look for anything. But it may discover a lot. It'll discover a lot more if you're not looking for any kind of uh, result. <coughs> and if you are looking, if you're uh, spontaneously looking for results, then just look at that. Just be aware that you have a kind of a greedy uh, attitude towards things. Don't correct it. Further questions would be good if you have any. Um, does dissolving the receiver dissolve suffering? No, you're probably going to have more of it. Because then you got the whole world is suffering. But there's no sufferer. There's no no person, no individual who is having a problem with anything. They're not separate from the suffering anymore. There's nothing left to receive. You can't receive something unless you're separate from it. And you can't see that you're not separate unless you first uh, heighten or emphasize the receiver part of it. To, see, to use the, the apparent imputed separation to see that there really isn't anything to receive. They're not separate. It's called, uh, as a... Uh, Bobby and I were talking about earlier, the pain of the composite, the pain of conditioned existence. It's the third of the three types of suffering. How can we receive confusion without becoming more confused? So um, the becoming more confused is probably something that, is, that comes up around that. It's, it's fear-based. So it's, uh, there needs to be a willingness to, to be more confused. And this is why we have things like the Bodhisattva vow. I vow to be with all things. I vow to put everyone and everything before myself, even if it takes me down. I, I vow to do this. All, like it says uh, in the, I don't know which uh, text is in, all, all uh, benefit and wealth and happiness to others, all, all failure and, um, and distress and uh, uh, suffering to me. Now, obviously, if that happened, you'd be knocked over or you'd become a saint. <laughs>
How's that working? <laughs> you don't see any humor in that? <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> Someday, at some point, it's going to become absolutely hilarious to you. Not guaranteed. Might be three lifetimes from now. But start now. Do it now. Find out now. Find out now. If you're, if you're in this room and this is your path, then walk this path. Don't look for success. Don't review failure. You don't need that. You don't need anything extra. All you need is this. And it's, it's here. Look at this. It's here. This moment. There are only moments. Moments have, as I said a couple talks ago, moments have no thickness. You can't measure this side of the moment to the other side. You might be able to do that with a minute or a second. But the moment is always this. More? Yes. If there, are, if there aren't any results along the path, then what is enlightenment? I didn't say there wasn't results. Did I say that? Is anybody else tracking what I'm saying? I said don't look for them. There could be some, but when you're looking for them, then it has kind of a credential quality. But when some, when you just notice that you're no longer at war with any anybody, or, or you, you just notice the person that used to give you fits every time you talk to them, maybe it could be your brother, especially in your case, <laughs> being a twin. You just notice that that you. Well, there's a couple ways. Either you notice that you just it's not particularly bothersome anymore. But it doesn't show up as a result. It's not something you will brag about or even point out to someone. You wouldn't say to someone, well, they might say, well, why do you meditate? You might say, it could be any number of things. So, well, you could say, well, keeps me honest or helps me see more clearly what's going, what's happening with me. But you wouldn't necessarily claim a result. You wouldn't necessarily use this as advertisements for myself. Yeah, I used to be really, I started meditating, I just have no more antagonism towards anything. You say that and you're, you're setting yourself up for a, a big, uh, uh, what do they call those? They come down on your head, rock. <laughs> Rocks. <laughs> it's called samsara. So you're, if you play by samsara, you're going you're gonna to wind up in that samsara area. But if you're just, if it's always about receiving, 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 then anything that goes out, any kind of outflows that go out are, are about helping others, being of service to others. And if you do that and people compliment you, you won't even know it. You won't. It's not that you won't notice it, but you know it's about them. Anytime anybody compliments you about anything, it's always about them. They're the one who recognized how wonderful you are. More? Less? So the other way, uh, the other way that you would, this may show up is, you may notice that through your practice, a so-called result could be something that's more subtle, like, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before, that you notice that the very thing that used to irritate you about some situation or something is, is uh, still irritating. It might even be more irritating. It might be, you know, it might stink. But you also see, because your awareness is powerful, because there's no one who's being aware anymore, there's no identity of someone who's claiming wonderful success at awareness practice because it's without a self and it's without an other. You notice that the person who's grasping at an other is suffering and they're, they're, because they don't like that suffering, they spit it back at you. They want, here, take my suffering. And what do you do? You receive it. No comment. And so by receiving it, then you also see how much suffering they're going through. That's why they're acting. It's hard to see if somebody's challenging or 
you know, like your neighbor is giving you a hard time, it's hard to see that behind that is intense fear and suffering, and they cover it up by blaming you, going after you, and making you the bad guy. <laughs> Further questions? Dallas from Athens has a question. He asks, what is the difference between the wall and anything else that we look at? <clears throat> the wall is, uh, by looking at the wall, your, your eyes, your, con your visual consciousness is open and receiving. You're receiving the wall, so you're already receiving. Uh, you're not wearing earplugs, so you're receiving. You're not stuffing your mouth full of, uh, what is that stuff that deadens the mouth? That dental? Yeah, you don't have Novocaine in your mouth, so you can... I mean, I'm just saying, using that kind of a silly idea, but, but by looking at the wall, you're, the, the, you're receiving visually, but the visual consciousness of all the consciousnesses is the one that is screaming at you, separate, separate, separate. If, you, if, you're, if you're seeing situation, is, uh, uh, is Sarah here? Where are you? There you are. So, Sarah knows. She's way ahead of us. She doesn't see in the same way we do. She sees, but not in the same way. So, but that's the one that separates everything out. See, by seeing it, everything is over there, but if you close your eyes, then everything starts to get more intimate. Sense of taste is very intimate. Hard to think about taste. You can, I mean, just, you can explain how something looks. You can kind of explain how something sounds, but then you're really tied into metaphors. Well, it kind of sounds like a bumblebee, but not exactly. It's more like a, a flute. But it doesn't it isn't musical. So we go on and on with the other, but the sense of the sense of seeing is extremely separate. It's a very it's a very uh, vajra. It's very crystalline. It, it's this, it's this. Whereas other things, uh, we go towards more towards the more intimate senses and right into the mind. It's very, very subjective. Who asked that question? Do I know him? <laughs> you should be here, Dallas. Go down in Athens and Stay down there and you'd come back here. Anybody else want some shoulds? <laughs> this is my shoulds chair. <laughs> I get off from here and I'm a pushover. What is harm? Uh, any kind of motion uh, can be harmful on, on some level. So any anything else, anything your time you're doing something else can be harmful. But if you're not doing anything, if there's no one doing anything, then, then it's more a dance-like. There may be movement, but it's, it's uh, you know, the three that I talk about are communication, cooperation, collaboration. Let's talk about it relatively. Communicate and cooperate, and then you can even take situations that both of you might understand differently and collaborate on them because you're, you're, you're a different kind of energy. Everyone has a different kind of energy. So harm, is, harm comes from... Uh, uh, self-centeredness, thinking that there is someone who can succeed or fail here and is someone who can be right or wrong out there. Intense separation based on being uh, uh, I, I, uh, intensely identifying solely with this body-mind complex, which of course in order to see, see through that or see beyond that, we have to really practice by sitting down and going into all these senses, receiving everything that's coming at us from the Looking at the wall, ears, tongue, body, mind, anything that's coming toward us, just receive. If you add anything to it, if you do any math at all, it starts to spin. And then you can be doing harm to yourself, 
You can be doing harm to others. More about that would be good if you have it. Yes. You've always got a question. Because so, so you said <coughs> dissolving the self. Is that in the title? I don't know. Dissol no, I said... Uh, dissolving... Dissolving uh, receiver. Yeah. So it sounds like dissolving is this process, slow, yeah. gradual... But it's a metaphor for... A metaphor. You don't actually... There's nothing to dissolve. It's, it was unreal from the get-go. That's why the great perfection, that kind of teaching works. Everything is... There's nothing to correct. Everything is already per perfect. You don't need to meditate. I think even Trunk Rinpoche said one time he was asked... I have to paraphrase this. Maybe Robert, maybe you can remember one time he was asked, well, do you have to just meditate forever? I mean, do you, do you, ever, do you ever get to stop when you're enlightened or something? He says, yes, you don't have to meditate forever. Whew. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting pretty tiring. So you had a question about? Well, maybe it's not appropriate for what the title was, but a question about gradual and sudden. Yeah. See, dissolving brought up... <clears throat> Like the path, like you uh, talk about sharpening the knife. Yeah. Just the path you're going, mm -hmm. and there's that gradual aspect of the path. But compared to dissolving, there could be explosion too, the sudden. So if you're sharpening your knife for the gradual path, how do you practice exploding? What what's the metaphor for exploding? Is, is that like well, a sudden and gradual sudden realization? Like I said, your head's going to blow off on these days. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is just, just hers. Everybody else is gradual. She's going to blow up on the spot. It will be a different kind of head blowing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not that kind. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go there, so you did. Strike that. <laughs> so it's gradual. The whole idea of gradual awakening, the northern school, the southern school, and ancient China, the gradual. Knock it off. <laughs> Southern school, northern school, you know, uh, one says gradual, the other says instant enlightenment. And so the idea is that it's probably going to take a little bit of each, but maybe if someone who had a really strong uh, 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 satori, you know, uh, vajra-like samadhi, where they suddenly, you know, were hit by an acorn and the whole world came apart and they never, uh, never saw anything but uh, the Buddha, from then on, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but more than likely, there might be some of those, but without some kind of ongoing practice, kind of unlikely. The people who have sudden awakenings without any practice have a lot of difficulty. You want to read about some of those? Uh, U.G. Krishnamurti called it the calamity. He didn't say, oh, I'm awake. He called it a calamity because his personal self dissolved. Susan Seagal is another spontaneous realizer who's now passed away also, wrote a book called Collision with the Infinite. She had a hell of a time in the 1980s, and one of the reasons she had difficulties, she kept going to therapists and people like that to try to solve her problem instead of going to a Dharma teacher who would, who would tell her or help her see what was happening to her. So eventually I think she did that. Other, other Ramana Maharshi, the, the sage of the last century, uh, awoke and around the turn of the previous century, and then went into retreat for 20 years. He didn't walk right out and start teaching the truth. He, he had the realization that there wasn't anyone, uh, had a, a death experience, and uh, went into retreat in, at Turavadanalai in, in uh, southern India for 20 years until and people just came. Because there's a spiritual structure that supports the spiritual path, 
not so much here, if at all, but they saw this guy there, and uh, I'm kind of imagining this, they took care of it. So it could, there's a gradual part, there's an instant part. I've had a couple of them, I've shared them with people before. A few things that were really instant, powerful insights, but what happens to anything that happens? What happens to anything that's an insight? It goes away. So what doesn't go away? Awakening does not go away because it's not an occurrence. It is not even an experience. You might be surprised to hear. It's not an experience. You actually transcend this without going anywhere. It's totally amazing, outstanding, stunning, and exotic, and flat-out ordinary. At the same time, this is called non-duality. And the Tibetans call it uh, uh, tamagashepa, ordinary mind. When I first heard that, I thought, how could that, how could that be? Could be ordinary mind. Isn't, isn't, isn't that what everybody's doing, is having an ordinary mind? And then, yes and no. Further left some very interesting questions. <laughs> what? Could you? Let, let me uh, respond to Shigetsu. Shigetsu, go ahead. Um, what is the difference between knowing you're not separate and knowing that you're receiving? The receiving part is the path. So not separate might be confusing for a while, but to receive is just a practice. It's the ground is suffering, the path is in our situation is awareness. So the awareness and one of the dynamics that I, the way I'm saying it is just whatever's happening, just receive. If somebody's accusing you of something, you don't, it doesn't mean that you have to control your mind and not feel some kind of reaction. Why well, I didn't do that. Why are they accusing me of this? You, that might happen too, but just receive that too. Receive. And don't differentiate between the phenomena that you're receiving necessarily. And if you do differentiate, then just receive that you're differentiating. Receive, 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 receive from everybody. And so, and at some point, the fruition of that is there's no receiver. There was nothing to receive. Nothing occurred. Like His Holiness the 16th Kamapa on his deathbed said to the Vajrayajan Ursul Tenzin, who was crying at his deathbed in 1981 down near Chicago, nothing happens. So, what? What does Holiness mean by that? Why would he, on his deathbed, why would he say to this uh, student of his, nothing happens? What, what does it mean that nothing happens? An ultimate teaching. You, you, can't, you can't describe that or explain it, but if you, if you have insight into that, then it's possible that that will resonate with you. Or not, maybe it won't. Is it Andrew? to be on Thursday, like, when we're fixated, we're not looking at the situation? Yes. What are we looking at? We're looking at our idea, our opinion, our projection about the situation. This is in the, in the three natures of, uh, of uh, Paratantra, Paranishmana, and Parakalpada. Uh, We're looking at Parakalpada. We're looking at the imaginary nature. Relativity rises up as it's doing. This happens, that happens, that falls over, this hits that, makes that go in the air. This gets all wet, this dries out. Relative truth. And then we impute or we... we uh, take our incredible imagination and make up stuff about everything. And quite often it's, it's uh, motivated by hope and fear. Different levels of that. That's why some people appear really crazy and other people are seem fairly sane because they're only making up really nice stuff. And so it's, a, it's an imputation of what's there. Instead of if you see what's there, fundamentally you may see uh, dependent origination. You may see that there isn't anything but the Buddha. There isn't anything but the awakened one. There's anything but awakening, but not separate. But it has to, each person here, each person anywhere, 
You have to see that. It's not something you believe in. It's not a belief system. It has nothing to do with belief or disbelief. You can even say, in fact and in fiction, it even has to do with transcending belief, the need to, to have an opinion or idea about anything. You can do that. If you're in this room, you're listening to this old man, you can do that. Have I done, have I done that? I haven't done anything. practice. Just continue to look at it without adding. Continue to look at it without, don't do the math at all. Look at it, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, do nothing. Don't add to it, don't take away from it, and don't divide it into this and that. Or separate yourself as over here, I'm over here, that's over there. In other words, distract yourself. And eventually, I would say, and there are no guarantees of anything, but eventually you will begin to see out of your intention, out of your wish to save all beings, out of your vow to be with all things. You're going to be with that. And so if you just do that. Return to the wall, return to the wall, return to this practice, return to the sutras. This is the backbone of the awareness. This is, these are the eyes. This, this structure down through here where people prostrate and bow and offer incense and offer flowers and tea and so on like that. That's, that's the, the physical structure of it. You need something. So that's what we have. We have a building. Repetition. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Just like lifetime after lifetime. Repeat. <coughs> Further questions? Further questions? You can end if you like. Okay. Thank you so much.